With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Winners and Losers from the LFC Day Troopers. The forum is dead. Long live Winners and Losers, as said by Phil Casey earlier. That, we have a intro on the Man on Football Show, which is described by many as the best intro you have ever seen. I, I think know. we've just topped it. I think we've just topped it with that. Um, the intro is made by Muhammad Yogi. He sent it to me when I asked him, could you make me something different? than he meant, I have something outrageously different. Okay, so, can I just can I just say, right, yeah. I, love, I love that intro. Yeah, That's so it makes you laugh. However, when you sent that to me earlier on, I couldn't watch it with sound because I was thinking, and all I could hear in my head, and I, I encourage anyone to think of this, right, that when they're doing the next time, right, is sing, you know, the song, Mary John and Jeffrey and Mary and Seamus, right? You know the song? Do, 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 he looks fucking great for 69. He does look great for 69, in fairness to him. But can we knock it into him? Because no. he's he's like worried about uh, he getting on bears with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah, so, keep you young. Yeah, keep you young. If, you, if you feel old, wrestle a bear with your bare hands and it'll make you feel younger. So, there Do you reckon go. he would have got, been able to go swimming in those waves off the cliffs of Mower today down the Iron Islands? Do you see the size of them? Things were coming up over yeah. the edge. 100 feet waves. Absolutely mental it was. Yeah. 
Chris Brack says he's never seen Phil smile so much. Who would have thought all it would have taken is a team tune? So there you go. Um, If you're watching, you're very, very welcome. Um, Please hit the like button if you're in here. It is a brand new show. It is going to be with you every Monday. It's called Winners and Losers, and we'll explain it as we go along. Um, Like, share, subscribe, but most of all, try your comments in there. They are up on screen, as you can see, and people can read them as we go along. Um, We're going to talk about our charity later. We're going to talk a little bit about Betme, because we're going to have another go at that at the Liverpool Leeds game. And we're also going to talk about IP Vanish, um, which is a VPN service that um, might be, you might be interested in and there's a big discount on it for all our listeners. So, Winners and Losers um, is basically an alternative look at the Premier League's weekend where we all pick one winner each and we all pick one loser each. And then Phil, because he's Phil, has decided he wants to go off topic on something which I'm going to bring up on the screen in a second and we can talk about that together as gone. Alright? So, have a little think about your winners and losers. You can throw them in there and you can see if they match airs as well. So, Phil, um, you want to talk about this, okay? This yeah, well, is... Bring up the headline. This I want to start off this week with, with the fella who either is the greatest winner or the greatest loser uh, that the world has ever seen. Remy in, Lindholm. In so far in 2022. Remy Lindholm is in a 50-kilometer cross-country skiing race in the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. and um, Reduce the authority because of snow. Reduced the because of snow in the Winter Olympics where yeah. they ski. And I yeah. thought after yeah. the invented ski is far. It's too cold in and the there's meantime, too much snow. We're going to have to cut this race nearly in half, which is amazing. It's so cold. The lads decide to wear tights. They're not wearing like you could, like, you could wear like anything that you wanted. Um, and this fella is uh, is 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 rinky dinky. Gets frozen as he goes across the track. Yeah, so we can, um, bring, it, we can bring it up there. Um, now that's the- all. Shortened, not going to read it all, but the shortened to 30 kilometers, but it did not help Finland's Remy Lindholm, uh, Lindholm nope. who needed a heat pack at the end of his race to throw a particularly sensitive body part. He spent, <laughs> he spent just under an hour and 16 minutes traversing the course in howling, freezing winds, leading to his penis becoming frozen for the second time in a, for the second time in second a cross country skiing race. Following, following a similar incident in Ruka, Finland last year. He is so unlucky. Yeah. You know when that happens the first time? <laughs> Yeah. God, I'm done. I've yeah. done me bit for the sport. We're yeah. organizers. We're, yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're organizers worried about frostbite during Saturday's race. It was delayed by an hour and shortened to t- by 20 kilometers. The tin suits and underlayers worn by racers, as well as plasters <laughs> to cover their face and ears, offered a little protection. Lindholm explained that he used the heat pack to try and thaw out his appendage once the race was over. When the, bo- when the body part starts to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. So there you go. It would be, wouldn't it? You know, we're all about we're all about um, talking about um, football. But there you go. He's had a tough. He's had a tough weekend. Hasn't Second he? time. Yeah. Second yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, so there's two things here. Either you never do it again after it happens the first time, because like why, right? Or Secondly, do you not take some extra precautions so that it never happens again? It's not like they start out on this race and go, geez, it got cold when we're out there. We weren't expecting that now. Yeah. It's the yeah. winter Olympics. You're in the snow and it's windy and everything. Second time. Second yeah. time. Do something. Bring a hot water. And a shortened race as well. Like shortened and he still got done with a frozen blade. Willie, like what's going yeah. on here? It's mad. But it's a great start um, to what we're trying yeah, to do here. What a way to start winners and losers. Winners and losers. We'll try to do an off topic one every week if possible. We'll feel more likely to demand it. But <laughs> let's go and let's start with winners and losers. Kev, I'm going to come to you first and we'll start with you off with your winner of the weekend. Winner of the week, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, I like it. Uh, look, 
they've just gone quietly about the business. Nobody's taken any notice of them. They're sat in seventh place. If you look at the form table for the last six games, they're in second. They're, if you look at the last six games, they have five wins, one loss, scored 10, conceded four. And they're literally, we're, we're top of that with um, five wins and a draw. Nobody's talking about them when it talks when it comes to Europe, and they're sat there with two games in hand on West Ham, and they're all sat two points behind them. They're really in it. Pedro, yeah, they brought Pedro Neto back off the bench yesterday after a long, long injury. You know, it was a horrific injury, and he had a, a big relapse as well. Um, you put Dents looked good yesterday. They're just hard to score against, and. They pick up wins, you know, one nil, two nil. They're not they're a horrible side to play against because of that back five. The one thing that Nuno did really well, he drilled them. And this new guy they brought in, was it Lar Lart or Lage? Lage. He's just given them a bit of confidence, not a bit of confidence, but he's made them want to play again, a different type of way. And what he's getting out of Joe Moutinho, I mean, what a player. 36 years of age. They paid, I think, $5 million for him when they were in the championship. Now, look, how they get players is a bit dubious. We all know that. But they got a tune out of him, and they're still getting a tune out of him. Nevis, how they've been able to keep him for as long as they have, is a phenomenal player. You know, he might not suit us, but if he was in your squad, you'd be, you'd be fairly happy with him. And their squad is fairly littered with players like that. Altinuri played left wing back yesterday, did well. But when we played Wolves, he played against up against Salah. And he had a really good game. Yeah. You know, a young kid coming through. He's only 20. Uh, yeah. We got Jota because they thought Pedence was was ready, you know, and he had a bit of a setback. But he's shown that he's a very good player. The, they're de- they're the conveyor going, belts is just there, going on the you know? radar. Because, like... Chris Brack says there, before Leicester game, they only conceded one goal from open play in previous 12 games. One goal from open play in the previous 12 games, right? And you've seen Roy Keane on score yesterday when United won, saying, oh, if United can just keep this little bit of a swagger about them, they should get top four. And he, he's not even taking into consideration that Arsenal have three games in hand on them, behind them. Now, I'm not saying Arsenal get all them points. Spurs had a big win at City, and I think have a game in hand somewhere. Yeah. Spurs have three games in hand, so have yeah, Arsenal on United and West Ham. Yeah, and they're only, yeah. what, four points behind them or something like that, five points behind them? They're, well, Spurs are in eight at the moment. They've played yeah, 23, they're on 49 points. United are in fourth. They've played 26 on 46 points. It's already tight. Yeah, but Wolves, like, Phil, we look at, we look at you know, United, Arsenal, Spurs. West Ham are in that mix, but West Ham seem to be faltering a little bit, even though he's sitting 50, played a lot more games than the rest, right? What would it be like for Wolves to just come through the pack here and just destroy, like, Arsenal United's sports season? It'd be, it'd be a fucking mental, wouldn't it? It would, but it's never going to happen. Why? Finances. What? It's, 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 it's It's simple. It's simple. You can, you can make it up all you want, but the likelihood of but Wolves coming through the pack the, They've, they've 14 games left. They've 14, yeah, but they've 14 games left. Um, based on what you've seen this season, they've no Europe. They're as good as anyone around them at the moment. Despite they've only conceded the, 18 the goals. Are. They've only conceded 18 goals in 24 games, and that's 
City have only 17, they're the best. Then Chelsea are on 18, Wolves are on 18, but they've only scored 23, which I think is a, so a Phil, problem for them. Chris, are Wolves are Kev's winners of the weekend, but you're not having a bar of them getting that top four. I think they have they had a great weekend, having a great run. But when it comes to the business end, they won't be anywhere near it. They might finish sixth or seventh best. Might they be finish there with the pros and Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> 28 he finished <laughs> the second time it's happened but nah look uh, you know it's great right? The, these teams it's like when Martin O'Neill used to manage Aston Villa and oh look they might get top four this year never happened never happened it's not going to happen but you're not thinking one of the our, fact that one of Arsenal United and our, our sports but the rest of them we know Arsenal are you know, they'll tell you they're getting their act together and spores look like they could be a threat. You know, it look like they're still running through quicksand. West Ham maybe faltering. Like, there is an opportunity there, I think, for Wolves to sneak in and put pressure on. I, I agree with Phil. I don't think they'll make it. Yeah, I don't think the they end. will. And I think they'll but qualify for Europe. It's definitely an under-the-radar one because nobody... Nobody's paying really attention. No one, yeah, no one notices that they're actually in that shake-up. They're in like that the, There's a lot being made of Arsenal Spurs having games at hand. West Ham faltering a bit. United have, like United, United win there against Leeds the other day, right? But when United, like, did he win up? Did he win at home at Brighton? Maybe which yeah. were beaten recently. Yeah. The United, they're beaten recently. They, United uh, are not really shaky. Yeah, like they're all, they're, no, all, they're all. So you've got you've got marginal. So you've got the top two. Right, then Chelsea. Then you've got about four teams who are sort of in a race amongst themselves for that last spot. And when you look at it, three of those teams have spent a lot more money than the rest. And when you when it boils down to it, it's it's genuine genuine generally one of those teams that have spent who spends a lot of money. That's United, um, Spurs or Arsenal, more so than the rest of the teams. Um Wolves I think are do are doing a great job for the for point per pound spent or whatever it is they're doing a great job and they've got a great system that's generating lots of money for George Mendes so that's all that's all Arsenal next is that in is that in the Emirates yeah they go to yeah. Arsenal now, they are, they're only defeating those six games is at home to Arsenal but mm. if they if they were to go to Arsenal and beat Arsenal you're kind of going oh, I, I get what you're saying about you know the, the quality in the squads and, and the money spent and, and the I suppose the reserves that other teams have, but if they go and be like, I'm not saying for a minute they'll get top four. You know, I'm not saying oh they'll definitely get top four. But I'm looking, saying to myself, the other teams around them, nobody's in a great run of form. Nobody's taken it by the scruff of the neck. Like West Ham have played three more games than them, right, or two more games than some, and they're just drawing everywhere. And still, it's taken to the weekend okay, you to go past yeah, them. You're comparing. You're, you're saying West Ham have played three more games, and it's just look at the end of the day. It's night time, right? And there's one thing that's guaranteed at night. Stars come out and the moon shines. What's going to happen is one of United, Arsenal or Spurs are going to put enough of a run together before the end of the season to make sure they're well ahead of Wolves. Probably 10 points ahead of Wolves. I don't, I don't know, oh yeah, but I don't know where the evidence of that comes from. I don't know where the, the, the Every confidence season. in that is. I, I know, but I think, I think with 12 to go, the team probably with, with the least to lose in this is Wolves. The pressure's off them. They're not expected to Spurs. do anything. Uh, Spurs have a huge expectancy yeah, to trigger in the top four. They, yeah. they, they, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no expectancy for Spurs to get top uh, there, has to, there has to be, Phil, because of the, the money they lost through COVID, along with the building of that stadium. They they hit 
massive financial buffers during the whole COVID uh, thing. You know, you know you'd have the biggest me, expectancy to get top four. 100%. That, 100%. But, but behind them, Arsenal need to get in the top four to protect the young players they have and keep it hold them. And Spurs need to get in there simply well, to have some sort of attraction to that club because of the... Oh, I think, yeah, I think Arsenal way. Arsenal can fall back on the what a young squad, what rebuild and what this, that and you're right. Spurs brought in Conte. If they don't get top Spurs four, because someone will Spurs come in and Conte, go. which gives an expectation in itself. Conte's not a long-term manager where he's been. So, you know, they can't just write off this season. I think they're desperate to try and get top four so he can get players in. But mm. I think you know you get top four. Just down to the fact that of the rest of the teams, they've got the best squads and eventually individual players showing through on this type of thing. Emma Cavanagh says we'll have Arsenal on Thursday and West Ham on Sunday. So there's the, the, thing with, the thing with Man United is it depends on how far they go in Europe. The further they go in Europe, the more pressure it puts on the squad. Uh, they're, they're not that good. They're, I mean, they, they beat Leeds yesterday, but Leeds were poor. And they beat Brighton but it was a red card that Brighton picked up and Brighton were all Brighton over. Brighton were battering up till then. Brighton yeah, that's the, and that's the same Brighton that got battered at the weekend by Burnley. You know, United are not playing well. They're, they're picking up points, yeah, but they're well capable of going three or four games without a win and that dressing room is well capable of downing, downing tools as well. <laughs> What's next, Gav? Do, do we get, Hold do on, before we move off, before we move off, Phil, I want to ask you, before we do move off, Wolves, how do you rate Jose Sa as a goalkeeper? Because I think he's been excellent for them coming in. They lost Rui Patricio um, in the summer and they had to replace him and they've brought in Sa and he's been an excellent sign and one of the best signings of the season, I would say. Do you rate him or are you not a fan or are you not familiar with his back catalogue? With his catalogue of work so far? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the bit has got a great beard. Uh, I think yeah. the, the, bits, the bits that I've seen of him, I think he's been solid. Position 6 to 15 in the Premier League goalkeeper. That's the best I can do. He's like a UC Laskalainen or a Kasper Schmeichel where they're a good mid-range goalkeeper. Right, They're not good enough to be elite, but they're good enough to be better than Shai, if that makes sense. So they're better than all the English goalkeepers in the Premier League. Put it that way. Every single English goalkeeper is garbage, and he's better than all of them. Right, so they're, they're currently in seventh, so you would have take out Aaron Ramsdale at Arsenal. No, have, he's absolutely shy. Oh, yeah, English, Muck. So take him out. So you'd say, look, he's behind Ederson, he's behind Allison, he's behind Mendy, he's behind De Gea, he's behind Fabianski, and he's behind Lloris. And you think that's probably a fair reflection of where he would stand? I'd say he's about, he's definitely, I'd, I'd put my head of Fabianski. Yeah, look, I think Fabianski is, is grossly in, is inconsistent and has been. That's why he, he never lasted at Arsenal. That's why he was never the solution to Arsenal's problems and goals. So, yeah. um, but he's he's in that bracket. You know that bracket of of goalkeepers that sort of fall into the mid tier where they'll have a really good season and everyone thinks, oh, he's the type of player that that should do it right. Um, but for me, the, the top top level of of the goalkeepers in England, like Loris is having a decentish season in comparison to his last four or five seasons with Spurs which are waiting um, on a mistake from him yeah always like the, the yeah. first goal for Man City the other day is a ball in from Sterling straight mm. at him and he manages to fucking drop the thing and people would say oh, oh the, every the, game the forward every run game. across him and Jamie Carragher said something like oh the quality of the ball from Sterling he literally kicked it towards him and yeah. Lloris just 
let Spilt it, drop it straight and, out in and, front go, of him, and like. gun down just knocks it in but look we could go down a mad rabbit hole we're yeah. trying to do this in an hour and Phil yeah. after demanding me do it only an hour um, has now cost us 20 minutes on the fourth Sorry. so um, it's not my fault first loser of the week Phil who's your loser Stephen Gerrard okay oh, I had him on my list as well Stephen Gerrard right um after his his start where he was nailed on as the Liverpool manager, it's gone an an awful lot. Piton at Villa, probably for those of us who weren't expecting him to do, be great as a manager or be at least, it's gone the way we expected. And um, they seem to have done like they've signed Coutinho again. They seem to be trophy signings for a team that's not made its bed. Right? It's like it's it's, it's there seems to be holes in that Villa squad. Um, and rolling out Coutinho, I don't know what it was meant to achieve. Was it was it meant to get them into the bracket that Kev's talking about getting them into Europe? But they looked deeply flawed, and um, to go and get absolutely schooled by a Roy Hodgson team. <laughs> well, they won. They won on the fourteenth of December away to Norwich, and mm. they they've won one game since, and we're on the we're in the twenty fourth of February, and the only win they've had is a one nil win away at Everton. How well have Norwich done since then? Norwich have actually picked up a little bit. Um, the reason I ask is because that's that's who was replaced, wasn't it? He replaced Dean Smith. Yeah, yeah. he replaced yeah. Dean Smith. Yeah. Um, I, I could so look it up for you, but I, I, I look at I, again. Just for me, the whole Gerard thing, it was it's it's a massive learning <clears> curve from going to Villa where there will be an expectancy. It's this is this is this is make or break time. Whether Gerard's going to d- disappear into the into the realms of great players, not great managers, or else he's going to have to find a solution. But at this moment in time. I don't know where he finds a solution to that fit of him. It's not Coutinho. No, I think no. to be honest with you, like, the, yeah, but the sign the signings he makes at, at, at Villa, I think the Coutinho one is quite a cute one because yeah. I think it takes a bit of pressure off him. And what I mean by that is Coutinho's a big name. Um, he goes for massive money from Liverpool to Barcelona. It doesn't work. He's a couple of knee injuries. He falls out of favour. Barcelona won't rid of him, and he brings him in on loan with an option to buy. And I thought it brought, brought less pressure on him because if he'd have went out and spent, say, 50 million on a player in that position, people would go, well, he signed a 50 million pound player in his fourth window in that position. This player better absolutely smash the place to bits. Or Gerard's going to not look foolish, but already they would have called his judgment into, into question. Do you know what I mean? Like he signs Dina from Everton at 26 million pound mm-hmm. and has looked a good signing. You know, um, he signs Callum Chambers from Arsenal, which I think is a really, really weird one. Yeah. But he does that anyway. But at the moment, I think they only have something like two wins in nine games, two wins in ten games, something along them lines. And and they seem to have stopped scoring goals where, you know, they have a ding-dong with Leeds, don't they, in a three-all, but they seem to be getting beaten 1-0 here and 2-0 there. And it, it's Keith, is it just part of the learning curve for, for Stephen Gerrard? Yeah, I mean, it's a step up from Rangers, you know, where you're playing in a league where you're expected to, and not expected, you are going to win 99%. In fact, he, he went the seasonal being, you know, so it wasn't that you had to dig in really. You had to dig in, I suppose, to, to get ahead of Celtic at the start, but it's a different level here. You're talking about the Premier League. Now, we think Coutinho's been a good signing for them because I think he's doing okay. I think he's doing the sort of numbers, but we all know, I think everybody is expecting him to pick up a knock somewhere and be out and to go off a stride. But I just, I think Villa have a good squad. I think they've the makings of good players, but 
they've got a few gaping holes and Tyrone Mings for me is absolutely bleeding deplorable and they have an issue up front with Watkins and Ings. I think Buendia has come in and is starting to do well. He's starting to find his feet. Um, I think um, uh, Ramsey has been one of the finds of the season. But I just think it's, you know, just he's starting to see the issues that are there. I think that when they bought in Ings, they hadn't got a plan for what to do with what him and Watkins together. And I think it's a huge problem. They're putting Watkins out wide or Ings isn't just scoring. And I think when you get... I don't think he needs that headache of having a, a big money signing. Leon Bailey, bonkers are saying he's injured or not getting a game. Like he's another one. You know, all these big players that he has to try and get a song out of and he's not. You know, he's brought in Coutinho and he's happy to let him run. He's happy to let Wendia find his feet. But when you've got Ings and all, then they're not scoring. I think it's a bit of a problem and I don't know how he solves it because something Phil said about him being the Liverpool manager he has to do really fucking well there. He has to do exceptional at Villa to get that Liverpool job and anything less than exceptional. I don't want him near Liverpool on reputation if he's had a, a failed uh, spell at Villa or a failed spell somewhere else. So, you know, I think we all, as Liverpool fans, he's the former captain, I think we all want him to do well there. But I think he's realised, except Phil, I think he's realised that you know, it's not going to be as easy to pick up points. It's not going to, his name and his reputation and his, his values and his principles will get him so far. But he's going to have to start turning things around within that squad to start getting points on the board. Yeah, Kev, like, you know, it's said there, like, he's not going to be, um, he's not going to change it in one window. Is it, you know, you know, when he starts off, he starts off really well. They, I think their opening game with him, I think they beat Brighton. They go away and win a Palace, don't they? They get narrowly beaten by Villa at Villa Park uh, or by City at Villa Park and they have a real go. You know, um, let me see. Hey, Veranda Chase, you can't be laughing at Stevie G because he loses a game every second week. Wait until he puts his own stamp on the team, which you know takes time. And that's that's probably where we should look at it. For you, Kev. I don't like the stamp that he done in January, but Callum Chambers wasn't a good stamp. Yeah, but but Callum Chambers, I thought was a weird one. But Kev, they lost to and Zabi. Yeah, but he needs more time than he's, he's three months in the job or whatever it is, right? He is probably a loser of the weekend because he's been beaten by a Roy Hodgson Wofford, Kev. But overall, it's going to be like this for Villa, isn't it? You know, win a couple, lose a couple, win a couple, lose a couple. Very inconsistent. And then when you get to the summer, you'll see who he brings in and who he, if he does take a Tino on full time or who he brings in or who he lets go. It's just, it's going to be like, do you think it's just going to be like that, Kev, where it's going to be very inconsistent at the, end of the season and he finish about 12th and we all say, no, it's, it, look, it shouldn't be. I think it's too sim- That's too easy to just say it's going to be up and down. That It's not the hardest thing in the world to coach a shape and a defensive shape and build from the back and be solid. You know, make yourself hard to beat and trust the fact that you've got Bundia and Coutinho and Watkins and Ings to pinch you a goal. It's basics, and he's not coaching the basics. They're poor from set pieces. They're out of shape too often. And this is the basic stuff in Premier League football as opposed to what's going on in Scotland that you get exposed to because analysts work you out very quickly in this league. And if you've got flaws in how you play, they'll expose it. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And they are exposing it. The more Villa play, the easier it is for sides to get at them and to figure ways out of playing them. You can't have two fullbacks bombing on alongside with two wingers like Bundia and Coutinho and a forward in Watkins and didn't realize that the center of your park is wide open. He's done nothing about it. He hasn't addressed it. And if you, he has to show that he can work with what he's got as well. Yeah, January or the, the summer window will come and he'll bring in better players. But he's getting dragged into the bottom half of the table where at one stage they were talking about Villa pushing on to Europe. Yeah. Well, well if he gets relegated... Oh, I think they're five points he's ahead. Miles of, after. They're five or six points ahead of um, whoever's four. They're nine, the nine points ahead of Watford. Yeah, they're nine points ahead. Yeah. But, but look, when, you're go, when, you're go, come here, when you're on that type of run... I'm yeah. telling you now, we've seen teams that look like to be safe and pushed on for Europe at Christmas time and then vanish down a hole. Forrest is a classic example when they first went down out of the, the, the Premier League. They were fine up until December yeah, time. And then Reading is the one standout one from that kind of a list. I remember, I remember Blackpool, being, in, I remember Blackpool yeah. being about seventh or eighth come Christmas mm-hmm. and got relegated. Yeah. So you just couldn't win a game. But like... Um, Shane Down says he, he reckons you should judge Gerrard about 10 games into next season. I'm, I'm on that. I'd agree with that, but at the same time, he kind of has to choose what he wants to do here. It seems to be very different every week as to what they're trying to do. He should probably just go, listen, let's go solid and um, see it out for the rest of the season. Red Steve says the winner of the week is Gaz Misses getting him to change out of that grey fleece he had on earlier. I only put it on to upset you, Red Steve. Because this is the two o'clock show, was it? Yeah. Um, I had a different time. I, I never get to see the two o'clock show because because of work. Like so, yeah. it's like I just the, we can't. I can't no, we have a lovely music. time. Loads of people just come in and make a cup of tea, a few biscuits, and we just talk about whatever we want to talk about. It's usually meant to be about Liverpool, but we end up talking about all sorts. It's really good. Um, Keith, go yes. on, give us a loser of the week, Keith. Right, my loser of the week, uh, Everton. Um, here we go strap yourself in it was never going to be quick with Everton was it no. oh, look to be honest I, I picked Villa as well and, and you said they had it and I had Leicester in my mind as well and I went for Everton look there's we we can make fun of Everton right and we can talk about you know too good to go down but when Phil talks about teams that take a nosedive they're in an absolutely horrendous bit of form and the fans were convinced that Frank Lampard was some sort of fucking incarnate of every great manager that's ever been. And they're starting to realise now that he's Frank Lampard. And with the players won, they he's have... Won, he's won a, an FA Cup game at home, 4-1 against Brentford. He's beaten Leeds yeah. at home, um, 3-1. He's lost away to Newcastle, I think. 2-0, I think. Or maybe 1-0. <laughs> And he's lost 2-0 away to Southampton. So it's very much, you know, I'll get them up for home games and I can't do anything away from home, Keith. Yeah. I think they've two wins or one, two wins in 14 games or something. 
Yeah, they've in the last. I'm only looking at the last seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, the last eight. They've three wins. One of them was against Hull in the cup, and that was a scrape. Um, they were beaten by Norwich. They were beaten by Villa. They were beaten by Brighton. Beaten by Newcastle. Beaten by Southampton. And they're not looking good. And that's the issue I have with them. They're talking about that young fleet. They're talking, really, for example, Lampard's getting all this credit for discovering Anthony Gordon. Could have swore he was playing before Lampard came in there. Mm. But Lampard is getting... He's we, know, we know how... Yeah, we know how Everton fans go on and we know how they react. And they're talking about banners and all this for Lampard because he said something shy in a press he said conference. When he, he said when he arrived at Everton, he realised that the club was the fans' life. Yeah, so let's get that on a banner. Do you know what I mean? And they, they seem to have this sense of delusion at, at Everton. And I can never get my head around it. You know, they need to accept what they are and where they are. If they ever want to progress as a club, but they don't. They think they're this fucking higher team that should be up there challenging for the top four or challenging for titles. They're one of the worst teams in the league, right? They are one of the worst teams in this form. They're one of the worst teams, 100% one of the worst teams in the league. And I think they can go down. And I think this weekend is just going to it be another... It'll start to turn the screw on the Frank Lampard tail, I think. Another couple of defeats for them. You know, they're already talking about they don't want to beat City to do us a favour. I'm not holding out. Yeah, they, they want. They want a lot of them. I seen one person in particular today on on social media saying, Look, "I'm not ashamed to say it, but I want us to lose to Manchester City yeah. because I think it will do us more benefit. It will do. Um, it will be more beneficial to lose and give ourselves, you know, take make it a little bit harder to stay up than win and make it a little bit easier for Liverpool to win the title." Yeah, they said a point that Man City isn't going to make a difference to them in their league. Well, I tell you what. They need every point they can get. Do you know what I mean? They're not in a position to be turning their nose up at any fucking points. So I think they're in a really, really higher position, but I can't see where they're gonna I was, where they're gonna turn around. I was shocked at the weekend when I seen the lineup. You know, especially the way they set out. They looked like a four four two. Yeah. They have bought Danny Van der Beek from you know, I think he's a really good player, right? Yeah. And it's screaming out for him to play ahead of a two man midfield. That's what it's screaming yeah. out for. And you play Two guys either side of them, and you play Calvert Leon up front, and they literally didn't. They went and they put him no. in midfield with Alan, yeah. and went toe to toe with Southampton, who are well drilled in a four four two, and they got absolutely overrun. They didn't have a shot on target in the whole game, not a shot on target in the whole game. And no. I think they're in real trouble. And people keep saying Everton too good, Everton this, Everton that, the managerial bounce and stuff like that. They play City at the weekend and lose. And one team around them gets a result. They are yeah. right in it. And the only thing that's stopping a, a full-on meltdown is the fact they've got game in hand on most of them around them. Um, but games in hand are no good when you no, can't get a fucking point. No, Do you know not, what I mean? They're, that's a hindrance. They're not at all. Um, Kev, loser of the week for Keith is Everton. Do you think they get over or do you think this could be just, we just keep saying they get over until the point where it looks like they won't? <laughs> I think it could go really late into the season before they they might get out of it. But you look at the sides below them. Brentford, or sorry, not Brentford, but um, Burnley, I think, will really challenge to get safe. I think Vekhorst has been a, a, will prove to be a very good signing for it, for the, the way they play. And I can, with the games they have in hand and who they have to play, I think they could get safe. Uh, Newcastle have bought their way out. 
they'll they'll be fine. And then you're talking Watford. I think if Hudson had taken over instead of Ranieri, Watford would be fine. But I don't think he has enough time to get them out of trouble, but it'll be close. Everton are getting right dragged into it because it's one step forward, three or four steps back with them all the time. Mm. And it doesn't take much. If they get dragged into it, if they get into, say they end up one weekend and they are in the bottom three, they'll go apoplectic. Oh yeah, I think the fact fact that they're at home to City this weekend could hurt them because they've won the both home games. It's a cup game and it's a league game that they've won. They've lost both their league games away. So it's a kind of, oh, we're winning at home. It's just the away form. If they go and get bashed by City at the weekend at Goodison, that whole sense of, I'll be okay at home goes completely out the window. I don't care if it's Man City. They could get absolutely torn to shreds by City. Oh, yeah. City City could rattle six off them. And it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone. It'd be a surprise if they don't if they don't rattle four or five because of the way they performed in the Spurs game. They need they they're desperate for a win. Well, Phil Phil is laughing here, and I don't know where it's laughing because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on at everything, or the fact that um, I'll tell you what I'll just lead straight into it, and I won't. I was going to do me next, but Phil, tell us who your winner of the week is. Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, look, at the end of the day, the guy is having a great time. He's, he's managed <laughs> Chelsea, he's managed Derby, he's gone to everything, he's having a great trip up the northwest now at this stage. He's he's guaranteeing himself a range of jobs in the Premier League for the next five to seven years as a relegation superstar, right? So um like it's he, brilliant. Like what's what's going wrong? They are actually the Everton fans are making songs at this moment in time in support of Frank Lampard, right? They were chasing Rafa out of uh Goodison with pitchforks yeah. for the team playing better and for getting better results than the air of uh Frank Lampard. But they're making songs from and they're out in support. They're gonna have banners. There's been a run on bed sheets in Primark this week for the banners that they're gonna have in Goodison this week. There's seven of them. Uh, seven, seven, seven bed sheets were bought. Um, they bought the grey ones initially, but they couldn't get the right markers to work with the grey ones, so they now moved on to the black ones. So they're absolutely flying. So, like for me, like I think, I think Frank Lampard's on an absolute. Like think about it, he's turned up everything, right? Looked like he couldn't figure out where he was for a couple of minutes on the press conference. It was great. He was just looking around, he was asking questions, and he just started saying things. And they all started going, "Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's brilliant." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll write this one. I'll have to do is say something, something people, and something, something people's club, something, something for the people." And they were all like up on the chairs, cheering and throwing buntings and and things. So he knows all he has to do is turn up at a press conference and say something, something. People's club and is it a no lose situation for him, Phil? Because he's he's followed Rafa Benitez, so no matter what happens, like I agree with Keith to an extent. If this gets worse and worse, right, they'll they'll start copping and going, oh, "This fella isn't happening. It's just not fucking happening, right?" That's but is, the, is, is that part of a Phil where they where no matter what happens, because they've like for me the big thing was Phil. When they, when they wanted Rafa out, they wanted someone in that knew the club, someone that knew Everton, some that, and then Lampard came in and they were like, Lampard said that he knows that this is their life. And I'm kind of going, Lampard could turn up a fucking Bradford City next week and say the exact same thing. It's not exclusive to Everton. It's a, it's a completely stock answer you yeah. would give when trying to impress a fan base. Christian Gross could turn up waving a tube ticket at Everton and just yeah. say something about Jürgen yeah, like, Klopp and they'll all be backing him Exactly, well. or, or just a big laminated picture of Bramley Dock where the he mega has structure Ashley has Cole. started. And Ashley happened. Cole is part of the coaching. Yeah, but, but Phil, is it a no-lose situation for him where 
there will be a element of that fan base who remember were putting up uh, the bed sheet you speak of that they didn't want them was a Paulo Ferreira was that the guy's name yeah that didn't no, want him. Was... we want Lampard it was they were having um, protests and everything right is there an element feel that no matter what happens here it'll be just a case of oh well what did you expect look where Rafa left us and look where the club left us and poor Frank Lampard yeah it's, it's a, and, and the media were lapped up there was Rafa going in, destroying the club again, leaving a team in rounds, and Lampard had to pick up the pieces. And it was very unlucky on him, but he'll definitely get them back up from the championship when uh, next season, and he's definitely worth the sports. Look what he was doing with Derby. He's the right manager to lead everything back and turn this around. And, and like we have to be careful because <clears throat> if 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 Lampard manages to get them out of the championship next season, they're definitely the up and coming team in Liverpool at that stage, right? The now, the 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 power shift, like yeah, power yeah. shift will definitely happen after they get it up out of the championship. It's like it really is. It's to me, Frank Lampard is definitely the winner. He's he, he took on Jurgen Klopp. That's what he did. He took on Jurgen Klopp and he beat Jurgen Klopp at the shouting game. And then he also, so far, he's winning the 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 sheet game at, at Everton. And um, I think if he can avoid a few bills that might come along at because uh, the you know, they, they dumped, yeah yeah because Everton have actually dumped blue out of the name and they've just replaced it with blue. So everything now they wear the blue colour jersey and uh, the bills on Merseyside, um, and it's everything they're just replacing it. There's no colour anymore; it's just bills. So you walk down the thing, just build each other, and that's how they greet themselves. So for me, Lampard's the winner is the inimitable winner of the week. I don't think there's going to be anyone as good. Even if we win all four trophies, we won't get close to how big of a winner Frank Lampard is at everything this season. And and that to me is why um, it's it, this is it. John, Power Shift FC with the floaty water, the magical floating water stadium. Because every time everything gets into difficulty, there's some type of announcement on the Echo's webpage about the floaty McFloaty Stadium, the stadium of of water. It's just, it's, it's immense. It used to be when. Do you remember when, to see that. Do you remember when FSG used to. Um, used to jump in whenever things were going really shit under Rogers and they'd make an announcement about what they were going to do to Anfield. <laughs> here's, here's this week's trust. Yeah. Well, we got a crane. I, I, <laughs> think, a crane I, think, there's in, I think there's something in it that it could be a case of it's it's a no lose situation for him. Um, before we move on, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my um my winner. But before we do, um, IP Vanish is a VPN service that um have very kindly given an offer to us for our listeners and viewers. Um, they have a big uh, sale on at the moment, 70% off. Um, but if you go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers, you will get um, another little bonus on top of that. So basically with IP Vanish, um, they just want to let you know that going incognito um, when you're browsing doesn't actually protect your privacy. Without added security, you may as well have your private data be handing it up to hackers advertisers your isp and other prying eyes uh, ip vanish um, make it easy to stay private and secure on the internet okay the 100 percent encrypt your data this means that your private details passwords communication browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands even your physical location will be hidden ip vanish makes it uh, virtually invisible online it's that simple um, you can use it on unlimited devices tablets computers phones even on your fire stick if you're streaming some media so don't forget that as well um, at home in public um, 
you can go online and use IP Vanish and you can be absolutely protected. Um, offering a, they're offering a 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. It's basically nine months free um, if you work it out. Um, if you go on to the IP Vanish site at ipvanish.com, you will see a rate for the year with a discount. If you do ipvanish.com forward slash day trippers, you will see an, another um, little bonus on top of that. Very easy to use. It's one button and you're protected. So make sure you check it out. Um, um, you won't even know it's there. Just once you hit the button, you walk away as normal. And they are ranked uh, 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. IPVanish.com forward slash uh, forward slash daytrippers. Check it out if you're looking for a VPN now or in the future. And as I said, 70% off. So go and check them out. So uh, my winner of the week is Joe Linton of Newcastle. Because hey, I happen to be watching, was it Saturday they played? I think it was Saturday. I'm, still there. I'm using IT Saturday morning. Oh, Phil's using IT Vanish disappeared. But Joe Linton, Newcastle made a couple of signings. They've kind of picked up form. And I watched West Ham against Newcastle the weekend. I thought Newcastle were the better side. Um, although West Ham had changed the far. I thought Newcastle looked at the better have. The more ideas going forward for me, they, the better shape, they were more solid. They looked like they wanted that, that bit more. The only thing they really lacked in Newcastle was a finisher. Um, it's, they, if they had a finisher there, even a Callum Wilson who can finish or a maximum that can finish, they would have, um, they, they would have won this game handy. But Joe Linton in midfield, who turns up as a 40 million pound player, I think, yeah, from 45. Germany. From yeah. Hoffenheim. 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 He turns yeah. up as a striker that you look and you go, not the most mobile, holds it up, a little bit of skill, didn't get many goals. And then you watch him. He's playing midfield, right? With John Joe Shelby beside him in the engine room for Newcastle at the weekend. And he was fucking outstanding. Like, he was winning headers, he was winning tackles, he was carrying the ball at the pitch, passing it well, he was getting crosses in. He was doing everything a midfielder should do. And I'm looking going... This guy is a centre forward. What has gone on here? And I still stand by the fact that I don't think Eddie Howe will last. Um, if they stay up, I don't think he lasts at the club. Um, but he's got them playing to a point where they're picking up points and they're looking a bit more, um, solid and everything to do. But I wanted to give a big shout out to Joe Linton because I thought he was absolutely excellent at the weekend. Keith, it just shows, doesn't it? Like, you see players and you go, that's just not working for him. Joe Linton will be out the door. And he just stuck him into midfield for the last three months and he's just been unbelievable. Yeah, he's. it's been very surprising, Gav, because I didn't think he had it in his game. Um, I thought he was a forward who could play a wide and that was it. Seeing him playing in centre mid and getting stuck in, that's where I didn't think, you know, the, he's not afraid to get his, uh, get his foot in and into the battles. You know, I think he's been excellent for them in there and he's... You know, he's a big unit as well. He's big, he's physical. Uh, it, it, I don't think he's going to save them too much money. I think they'll look to literally replace every player in that squad over the next two years, with the exception of um, San Maxima. Uh, I think every other, except the ones he've literally just brought in, like Gamerash and that, but I think he will literally be out that door at the first opportunity. But he's giving himself a bit of a, a a chance at a good move when he moves on from there because not many people seeing it. He's given himself an opportunity to get into the Brazil squad as well there because the chopping and changing that goes on in that midfield, Fred still gets in. He gets in ahead of fucking Fabinho sometimes. But, you know, there's Joe Linto. I think he's left-footed as well. Is he left-footed central yeah, midfield? Left-footed, yeah. So exactly like Fred at the moment. So, yeah, it's a fair play to him. He's getting stuck in. Eddie Howe, look, 
we laughed at Eddie Howe getting that job again. Another one that's just keeping the seat warm, probably for Big Frank, uh, his next move after Everton. But it's a good move by by Eddie Howe, and it's you know he's getting the best out of him. So fair play to him up there. Yeah, Ke- or Phil, I'll come to you first. Then Kev, um, Newcastle. I can't believe you picked. If you're going to pick a winner of the week at Newcastle, they didn't pick Chris Woods. Going meow every time he got oh, near. Oh yeah, no, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I just like, that's me. That to me was winner of the stuff. week. The um, fact that the fact that the West Ham centre back, what was his name, the fella Dean, oh, Craig, Craig Dean Dawson, Dawson, Craig Dawson, 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 complaining, complaining to the referee <laughs> that your man is saying meow every time you got near the ball. Yeah. I know. Look, it was just. Uh, do you know what? That, I I did see that, and I just kind of laughed and moved on. But no, it was just watching the game because I've heard Joe Linton has been in midfield, and I just by chance happened to have her on here on Saturday. I usually. Wouldn't I just like I'd be doing something else, playing golf or something? And I just I was looking and it was it was a little while into it where I was going, who is your man in midfield? And then Joe Linton and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like if I know no one's gonna go back and watch this match again. But my God, um, I just couldn't believe it. Phil, it's a bold move from Eddie Howe. Like to stick your centre forward into midfield in a team that's struggling and under massive pressure to stay up because of the investment that's come into the club, you have to kind of turn around and go, you know what, fair play to you. Because he could have, he could just easily have went, I'm bringing this guy in from Leon and putting him in straight away because he's a midfielder. But he's persevering with this fella and not even persevering, he's, he's probably the best midfielder. It's mad. Yes, and it also shows you the absolute level of shite that exists in the Premier League. If you look at Newcastle's run of form, they've gone draw three wins and a draw. Right, mm. that's that's the like, that's the last five games with um, Joe Linton. Who every time I hear anyone say his name, all I can hear is Dolly Parton. Joe Linton. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. all I hear. I, yeah, I don't hear anything too. else. I just hear Joe Linton. That's the only thing that goes in. And just every time you were saying it, it was going. And that's all I hear. Yeah. <laughs> now, whether that happens to blokes playing in midfield as well, like mm. somebody screaming over Joe, and it just it gives him an extra half a second or something. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I think I think definitely for me, it's a bold move by Eddie Howe. But again, like everything, what we don't know what causes these things. It's 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 like it's not necessarily a plan. Sometimes just. You're forced to play a certain or play a certain hand. It works, and you try. Well, I'll try it again. So there's no harm in trying it again. If it goes, if if we don't change something around, fine. And then something plays out. Do you remember your man, um, Paul Warhurst? He played yes. goal one week, and he played centre forward another week, and he was a centre back. Yeah, and then he was a centre forward. He played centre midfield at one point, but he yeah. went from being a centre back to a centre back to Sheffield Wednesday. He went yeah. up front for Dion, one game. Dion Dublin was the same. Yeah, Dion and then Dublin both of them the made their debuts for England. Dion Dublin should have played for Ireland. The dope. But like he would have scored, he would have played for loads of games for us, right? So it's the um and like you had to be Irish with a name like that. So it's definitely the name. Look, Casparino got in. Yeah, I suppose we we've we've done worse. Yeah, we just make stuff up. Alan Cork or whatever his name is. Could he could have played yeah, as well? Yeah. But um there are set, there but, are limits. But like if you look at it right. Sometimes, as I said to you, sometimes your circumstance forces a hand and all of a sudden you, fig- you figure a solution to a problem that you didn't think you were going to be able to solve based on the current squad. And this seems to have worked for them, so which is fantastic. Kev, does does things change? If they lose three on the bounce, do people start going, well, you're playing Joel into the midfield, like, what are you playing at? Is it just a case of it's a good run and, uh, you know, <laughs> it looks good and if it goes bad, people will be going, 
like Eddie Howe's a mongo, he's fucking playing, you know, <laughs> this fella in midfield. But I don't think it is because I've seen him, and it's not like he's, he's just passenger kicking he's, people. He's actually no, he's really deep. fucking good. He's playing a de- he's done a decent job in midfield, but you brought in Bruno Germerich from Leon at four. Well, that's, that's a nice mid- that's a nice pronunciation, Kev. Well done, yeah. I, I like that. That was that was the hint of part. Way better than I said it. This was this was their um, prize for January. You know their big spend, and he's got bit parts rolls off Three the bench. Substitute at the end of game. Yeah, at the end of games, just for a kickabout. Mm. And Shelby's apparently in there on merit ahead of him. So he's had two, three weeks worth of training sessions with Newcastle. He's not going to get any better sat in his hole. So what the hell are they waiting for? You know, are they waiting to lose before they make a change? Mm. I, I don't get it. I, I got this thing, and... It, you got to look at the French League and what scares the shit out of me about us signing players from the French League and looking at some of the quality that is in the league and it would worry the shit out of me is the likes of what Spurs played for Ndombele and what Arsenal paid for Pepe and what Newcastle have paid for this guy. And you got to ask yourself, what's wrong? Why aren't they playing him? You know, is he is he as good as they thought? And they, he arrived at training, and he's like miles off it. You know what's the story? And there's a lot of people, a lot of players that are linked with us. Like two is another one, linked with us for big money. And I've seen an awful lot of players bombing coming from French league lately, and it made me worry. It made me nervous about signing players from that league. So I really wanted them to. I really wanted to watch him, see how he, see how he gets on with Kenny Cole. Because <laughs> Tsunami is the one that we're looking for in a big way. Kev, when uh, you said too shamey there, I thought you were talking about twins from Tullamore. Shamey one and shamey two. They were at the plowing. I met them at the plowing. Two players for the plowing. If any of have a phone anywhere near your microphone, turn the fucking thing off or fuck it across the room. Joe Linton is doing really well. He's doing really well and doing the job that he's been asked to do. And I think it helps normally with Newcastle with Sam Maximum playing in front of him. That Give the ball to Sam Maximin and he'll do the rest. He'll do the running for you. And he's okay. His passing range is fine. He he's six foot two. He can get his foot in. But in all fairness, if they have any ambition about pushing on in the league, they got to start bringing these players that they've signed in, and and, and get him going now. Well, look. We'll have to wait and see. And I just, I just wanted to give him a big show, um, because I thought he was absolutely Thanks. fantastic at the weekend. I was blown away watching him. And like, even at the end, he ran himself into the ground. He just kept going and going and going. I think he ends up getting taken off. It might be. No, was he taken off for the Bruno guy? I can't remember. But I, was, I just yeah. thought Jalinda was absolutely brilliant at the weekend. Keith, yes, winner, please. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Antonio Conte, um, look, Antonio Conte, they they did us a favour. 
you know, Spurs do us a favour at the weekend. They beat Man City. They blow the title race wide open. But they were excellent. They were brilliant in that game. You know, I'm not Harry Kane's biggest fan. He was brilliant. I'm not uh, Antonio Conte's biggest fan. But he had them drilled. He, the, Antonio Conte does a job. You know, every team he goes to, he plays three at the back. He plays four in the middle. And then he has a striker with two players sort of playing off him, either in two tens or he, he might have two wingers. But he's very rigid in what he does. When he took that sports job, I thought, yeah, that's all right. He, they've a lot of centre-backs there. They've got centre-backs that can cover the wide areas. They, you know, they, they've the makings of a Conte team. And it just didn't work for them. He made them hard at the beat. He made them hard at the breakdown. But there was something just wasn't right about it. But at the weekend, I thought he was excellent. I thought he got everything right. We spoke about it on the Fatback 4 last night. Where he got at City, it was highlighted on match of the day. He went in, took the, the where the fullbacks, between the fullback and the centre-back, City do all their damage in there with the wingers, the, the false nine dropping in, and they're playing one-twos around you. Spurs absolutely cut them out there took them out there and just quick on the break and attacked the the first goal, Kozilevsky's goal. Great ball by Kane on the Sun. Sun's crossing it in there. They seem to have the makings of a good team. And all it really took was to bring in someone like Bentoncourt, I think, because their midfield was very soft. It wasn't a Conte midfield. And I think they by bringing in Bentoncourt there, they brought in a player that suits how Conte wants to play and how Conte likes to play. He's a good ball winner, but he can use the ball as well. And I think he's going to be the difference for them. And I think he gives them the advantage now for the top four. I think Spurs will get the top four because I think they've the best manager in that chase. I think they've got the best striker, obviously, in that in the in the mix now. They were Harry Kane ahead of Ronaldo. I would say that's probably fair. And I think the all-round team, I think they probably are the best. So I think it's a good weekend for Conte. We talk about psychological boosts for Liverpool that were back in the race. Well, it's a psychological boost as well for Conte that they've gone there and they've done see. Do you know what I mean? So it's a great, great result for him. And he said after the game, it's the best group of players he's ever... Now, I know it's just a blade and soundboy from a manager. Do you know what I mean? You never trust what a manager says. But a few weeks ago, we were hearing about oh, the transfer window. He's bleeding, going mad. He's pulling out his hair. He has to get a new hair transplant because he's a few weeks working with the, um, Daniel Levy. But it only takes one good result, one performance, not result, performance and result because it was both. And everything turns around because that's the that's what you're aiming to get to. And you get buying off the players. You get buying off the fans. You're getting buying off the media. You're getting buying off everybody. And I think they didn't have that up till now. And I think this is the turning point for them. I think Spurs will come good in that chase. But I'm delighted that it done us a favour. More than anything else, I'm delighted that a team stood up to Man City and had the balls. And we always thought it might be a Conte. It takes a brave manager to do it. And Conte is that. He's, he's the best manager out of the top two. Do you know what I mean? You take away Guardiola and Klopp, and I think he's the best manager of the rest. So, yeah, it's, brilliant. It's... um. Oh. It was a great win. Uh, 300 people watching, 113 likes. Five people don't like it. If you don't like it, leave a comment afterwards and let us know why you don't. If you're only unliking just to wind us all up like you do in this fucking chat, um, fair play to you. Undo it by the end, though, will you? Or just do a like on the way out, wherever you want. Phil, was it perfectly set up for Conte at the weekend? Because I get the feeling that Conte enjoys his team being a little bit underdog. Where he can set them in, he, he can set them in a, in a certain way, and it's not 
on him to make things happen. It's on other teams to come out and play him and then he can strike against them. Not even in a counter-attacking way, just he he counteracts what they're doing rather than being positive in what he wants to do with sports. Was a set-up right for him at the weekend and like, I'm not taking that away from the win. It just looked to me like that suits him down to the ground. The other team being considered a bit better. Than it's, it's a combo of two things. You've got um, Galaxy Brain against them, right? So fucking the man with two brains is be- is going to overthink this shit. Um, Spores are a torn in City side. They just have a hex yeah. over They've them. done the double over this season. It, it doesn't matter who the manager is. They just... Have have a have a hex over them. City saying the last four managers or something. I suppose have all beaten Guardiola. Yeah. He's he's I'm telling you he's Galaxy Brain. He reminds me a lot of um, Sean McVay in the NFL. Like he just overthinks things. This is why he never he'll never probably win the Champions League with Manchester City. He overthinks it. He over he tries to get too smart, too intelligent. He's looking at Conte coming, knowing the way they play three at the back and try and overthinks it. And at the same time, it takes um, a, a, a goal from Kane at the end, which which like Kane is there to prove a point that that City should have spent one hundred and twenty nine billion pounds on him in the summertime, right? So he has a point to prove, and you know he was licking the ground and everything when he was running around trying to score his goals, and he was like you could see his, he was out, he looked like the best version of the Labrador that you can be with his tongue hanging out and trying to score goals and everything. So, um, so I think it was just a combination of all. I think the real the, the real answer is sports will come when they play against um, a Brentford in the league anymore, or Burnley, or, or something. One of those teams, one of those shy teams. They're all in there, right? So one of these make you up teams that I. But they were beating the home by Southampton. They were well. It was three two, but they were like battered. And the stats wise, they yeah. were battered at home yeah. to Southampton. I think they knew it was another one at home then after that. And that that to me is where Spurs fall down. They, they can get but themselves. That, that's up what I'm trying again. to say. Is it is it games where Spurs are being asked to take the the mantle of the in the game of we we go and create we're the better side and they struggle. Whereas if Conte yeah. likes it where oh we're going to City or we're going to Liverpool or even United and even Arsenal maybe where they go and they go these are going to definitely attack us and we're able to he's able to set out with stall in a really good way and play himself into games rather than having to take the initiative that's what I think I, I'm not taking away from the victory in any way I just think it's set up nicely for Conte especially like you said when you have Guardiola off the back of watching Liverpool win going in and probably overthinking it and trying to do stuff that he wouldn't normally do. I, I don't even think it's watching Liverpool. I, sh- I think he knows he's coming up a very good coach in Conte, right? And he's, again, and this is to, to this is why I'll never have Guardiola in as the greatest coach of all time. He, he just overthinks it. Right? He overthinks it. He overthinks it way too many times and it's 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 ultimately cost him um, Champions League trophies because it's not just about how brilliant his Manchester City side is anymore. It becomes, well, how do I stop Conte's team from playing? Don't worry about sports. Sports can't match you, player for player. Just do what you've been doing all season long and you'll you'll walk all over sports. The one thing I love about Klopp is that he rarely adjusts how he wants the team to play to suit the other team. There's games he'll play and he'll sit low and he'll say, well, we're going to play, we're more effective on the counter-attack against this style of team or we know they're going to come at us so we'll, we'll use the pace and speed we have up front to do it. But it's never about, well, I'm going to change the formation, I'm going to change my shape and I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that to try 
counter what the other team is going to do. It's more so we're going to play, if we're going to play this type of attack, we're going to do this. Whereas Guardiola is, for me, a very good coach, great coach, but not, he doesn't deserve the plaudits he gets. And he's never, he's never proven anything. He's all he's, he's ever done very, is got the. He's not he's very good proven. at thinking on his feet and no. reacting to situations and games. That's his biggest problem. Spurs yesterday with, Con- with Conte, that was a tailor-made. That was a tailor-made game for Conte because he had no problem giving up possession and letting have City let City have the ball in certain areas of the pitch, knowing that when they break, Kane is going to be in that 10 role. Son has got to be on his bike and Kulisevsky is going to be on the other wing. And they did it time after time after time. And they're not the only ones to do that. Leon did it. Uh, Southampton did it. Palace did it. Any side that have given City trouble, that's how they do it. It's and not only it's, it's not, not only that. It's not only that for me. Uh, it, it is that. There's no doubt about it. But it's the but fact it's discipline that discipline and bravery to do it. Th- there's absolute bravery in it because you will see teams getting the ball up to, you know, it'd be say like in Newcastle, they get the ball up to Chris Wood away at Man City or a home to Man City, right? And nobody wants to go beyond them. And nobody, they might back them up and try to get the ball off and to hold on to it. But nobody wants to go right to go beyond them. Every time he gets it into his feet, I want you two gone and we're going to try play it in. That's where, that's where it falls down an awful lot of time. Yeah. So City just eat up the centre forward and put men around and get the ball off and go again. And they know they're going to have the other nine players behind the ball and the goalkeeper. Um, right, I'm going to move it on. Isn't it funny, very quickly, very quickly, I have a good point. Have you gone? I like a good point. Right. Now, isn't it funny with Guardiola before we do move on that he overthinks everything and the only time was when Barcelona, he got criticised for never veering away from his, his system and his, his play was when he won mm-hmm. the Champions Leagues and it's ever since then that he overthinks the whole fucking lot of it. Well, that's and him over, but, but that's he's him changing, over, that's him over for each game. Outsiders are saying. Yeah. But so when he, he didn't, he was winning Champions League. Yeah. And then he I mean? heard that and he said, I better change something here to, yeah. to show them I can change. It's nearly like a one upmanship. But look, I like I, fair play to Spurs and it was a great win. And Conte deserves all the, all the plaudits for that win at the weekend. Um, we have two losers left. Kev, Brentford. I'll be very quickly. Look, Brentford, from a promising start, uh, at the start of the season from their win at Arsenal. They had a good five, six weeks, but I've never seen a side. Well, it's been a long time since I've seen a side fall like a stone the way they have. Yeah, they've had some injuries, but the naivety is really starting to show in the way they're playing. They still haven't tried to adapt to the situation that they're in. And at the, as it stands, I think they're going down. I think, I think it's only a matter of time before sides below them catch, catch them. Yeah, they just keep shocking form. Absolute shocking form. They look like the only thing I'd say to that, Kev, is that when you look at that bottom, Kev, you are Phil. Are you trying to climb into the screen? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm getting closer. Now, the the only thing I'd say is when you look at the teams from Southampton down, any of them could go. Any of them. I think Norwich are gone. I think Burnley are gone. After that, then it's a lottery. From Leicester right the way down. Honestly, the only because thing, any of those the, the only thing I'd say with Brentford, in their last ten games, they've had one win, one draw, eight losses, scored six, conceded twenty. Mm. And Lord, that, that's, that's their biggest problem. David Ray getting injured was Yeah, David Ray gets injured. That's, he's the um and he He's the keeper, yeah. Yeah, he was huge yeah. for them. Um Christian Eriksen got two assists today in a behind closed doors friendly, maybe. 
he's a spark that they get that will lift. You know yeah. I mean? Stephen Dunn says news talk comparing them to Blackpool when they went up, started bright and fell off. Blackpool were flying for the first three months yeah. of the season and then just literally just didn't win another game. I think Holloway was in charge and just yeah. fell and fell and fell. And you kept looking at it going, they had a great They had a really season. high there's point no going going down. Yeah, there's no way they're going. To, and they just kept falling and falling. And they went down the last day, I think. And they got beaten yeah. on the last day and, and went. Um, but yeah, Brentford's definitely the one to look at because as much as we talk about everything being in it, Burnley trying to get out. Norwich seemed to have had a bit of a bounce, but have fallen back down again. Watford got a good win at the weekend. As much as you say that, there will be a team from up above that will just keep, will just stand still because they're not getting any points. And eventually the the, the table moves up below them. And, they could and be marching all together into the relegation zone, some well, would say. Well, my loser of the week are Leeds United. Um, what a segue. I watched them against United and... Don't get me wrong. I don't think United are good. I think they're, I think you can get at them at the back. I think in midfield, I don't know. I don't know if they work hard enough. Although I will say they press Leeds very well at the weekend. But they obviously seen in Leeds that there's no point pressing them in midfield because they might get out and get a ball to a Rafinha or a Rodrigo or a Harrison or whatever it might be. United did push up and press on them and Leeds just looked all over the place. Um, I, I'm talking about the simplest of things like the keeper couldn't kick the ball, right? Now, on this podcast, we've had loads of laughs over the years about Simon Mignolet not being able to kick the ball and how the ball actually sounds different when Mignolet kicks it and stuff. But this guy, Meslier in goal, could not kick, kick. the ball. He could kick. Like, there's there's people, was, people talking about him being a decent keeper. It was astonishing to watch. He, French under 21. He, get, he gets it in the first half, right? And I seen him kicking the ball. It went out over the sideline near the dugout, right? And I actually turned away from the game and I heard another kind of groan. I looked and there's a picture of him. I went, what did he do now? And he showed a replay where he just kicked it down the middle straight to a United player. And then it's played back to him. And he's loads of time. And he waits, waits, waits. And he kicks one out towards the left wing this time. And I swear to God, it goes out of play. And it's not within 20 yards of a Leeds player. Now, the weather Actually, was, he has an absolute worldy against us. Yeah, the, but the weather was horrendous, right? I'll give him that. But but I just, but on top of that, when a keeper's not like that, you, you can't really give it back to him. But Leeds didn't change what they were doing and they kept getting centre-halves to full-back, full-back to midfielder. And instead of the midfielder turning out and trying to switch play or play it to another centre-half, make a different angle, they were just popping it back to the same full-back. And then that full-back was under pressure and he was kicking it out or he was kicking it and United were just taking it and moving with it. And look, the, the conditions weren't great. They're missing players but they're going to miss them players for the next couple of games as well. And when I looked at it, I just thought to myself, they get back into it because they have a couple, good five, ten minutes where they get two goals really quick and they're back in it. But they lose a 4-2 in the end. But overall, they just looked like they were so open. Um, they looked very nervous when they were put under any sort of pressure. And I fear for Leeds as well. Uh, and we talk about Brentford and we talk about Everton and we talk about the, the, the three that are down there at the moment in the bottom three. But Leeds, to me... If they don't get players back quickly, Leeds, Leeds will pick up enough points between here and the end of Phil, the season. If they don't get, if they don't get players back quickly here, I'm telling you, they, they, they need could, Bamford. We could be talking in six games Bamford. time where they haven't picked up another point, Phil. They look so yeah. so open, and they look so here you got, here you, they've got everything underneath them. They've got Brentford um, in around them. They've got Crystal Palace is in around there as well. And, and Crystal Palace have a, have a decent run of form. All these teams that have had a decent run, I'd, I'd be more worried about Newcastle as well, come to think of it. All these teams that have this decent run of form before March tend to get into lots of trouble by the middle of April because this is, 
you need to, in this relegation battle, you need to time your good run of form right to an absolute T. And that good run of form needs to be the middle of March to the end of April because that's where you maximise the impact of putting points on the board. At yeah. this moment in time, having a run of form that puts you on 27, 28 points isn't worth fucking wank. Like you're better off having the odd win here and there to get you to that point and then having three or four wins that quickly get you from 28 to 37, 38 points. No way you need only one win, say, from your last four games to more or less mathematically secure safety if you don't have it already. The problem you have is these teams that are having this little bit of run of form, that's where they're not. They're going to be the ones that end up being right in the thick of it. And that's why I think Everton are banjaxed. Um, I think Brentford will get dragged into, but I think they'll, they'll do enough to get out. And then I'm looking at... Um, Newcastle. I just keep looking. New, Newcastle are having the run of form right at the wrong moment. They're, it's the classic, just that edge of, oh, we're going to be safe. We know we can, yet they're barely above the, the, the relegation zone at this stage. But I think about it. They've won, they haven't lost in the last five games, yet they're only just above the relegation zone. The mm. fourth last. You know yeah, what I mean? Cavill says Leeds um, have Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester, Villa, Norwich, and Wolves in the next six. It's. I just. I just. I looked at them. Yes. I said you went trade them. And no, but taking taking everything away, um, taking taking the conditions away and stuff like that. I just looked at them and I just thought they're naive, very naive, Kev, and very. They don't seem to sense danger, and they play nearly into it, and it's like nearly a fuck you to the opposition where we play into this danger, and it just it just doesn't work. Um, well, go into Someone said I looked like the, 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 the villain out of uh, um, Lazy Town or Old Town or whatever it is that kids' program, which is Rotten Robbie. I remember it because I used to watch it. So because uh, of kids, <laughs> that's the look you're for, is it? That's the look you're going for, yeah. Well, look, yeah, I'm gonna get myself a hot air balloon <laughs> We've gone, we've gone through four winners. We've gone through four losers. We've talked about a fella that had to put a heat pack on his on his um, gentleman bits um, after. Uh, it was too cold the, at the at the Winter Olympics. I and, can't believe um, he's done that twice though. Like the yeah, twice yeah. part still Yeah. In a half a race because they shortened it by twenty yeah. kilometers. Yeah. Somebody made a good point. If he strapped the Johnny onto it, right, the latex probably would have kept it from freezing. Yeah. There's, there's an old trick maybe he'll do that next time. Well, there's no yeah. trick goalkeeper. Maybe if he goes and gets a couple of, maybe if he goes and gets a couple of, stop their hands getting frozen in 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 ice and cold matches. Well, what so he what should he be should... doing is he should be getting on to Tino Esprit, who had his own line of condoms, didn't he? And saying, yeah. Tino, what's the crack? Can you send me a couple of boxes? I'm going skiing in the snow. If had he had he taken three Viagra for that 50 kilometer race and got on to Tino Esprit, would he have passed the drugs test? Think about it. God knows. It's still a hard lesson. But that's it. We've done four winners. We've done four losers. Don't forget, um, we are oh, going to have in the snow. We are we are going to have um, <laughs> we are going to have a another go at Betme on Wednesday for Liverpool v Leeds. We'll be talking about that in the midweek fix tomorrow night. Uh, Failicon is our sponsor, not our sponsor, our charity. And in the description, you will find all the details for Failicon's website and the donate page. And I want to give another shout out to Dynamo Kev, who after Shawnee coursed or made a mad saying 75 times last night in the podcast, he donated 75 pounds or 100 euro today. We matched it and 200 euro went towards Failicon this morning. Um, so I want to give that a shout out. Um, 
anything you need for Failcon, Bet Me, IP Vanish. It's all in the description. Go and check it out. 153 people have liked. Five didn't. I expect five comments after this as to why you did not like it, and we'll try our best to make it better the next time. Kev, <laughs> thanks a million. Anything else before we go? No, we'll get into Leeds tomorrow night and probably pick our bet mate side for the for that for the midweek games. Correct. Go through all that tomorrow night. Phil, anything else before we go? Yeah, I just wanna I just wanna say well done to the New Zealand uh female footballer who scored a pair uh-huh. for Patrick. Unfortunately it was in her own goal. Uh, yeah. so I don't know whether she's a winner or a loser, right? Yeah. Like left foot, right foot and a header. Her mates her mates couldn't even look at her after the tour. She couldn't look at herself. No, she could couldn't. see the girl just wanted the, the ground to like it was unbelievable. She just wanted the ground to open up and swallow her. She was hoping that Putin had evaded the Ukraine so the game be called off and she could just like bail out of there. That was yeah. like that literally it was it was it was terrible. It was unbelievable. And um <laughs> like I think the first two goals come in the first four minutes of the game or something. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I think within a half an hour she got a half. Yeah, and you could see that when the third one goes in, we were we were gonna put up on screen but it's footage and we will get done for copyright. But um when the third one goes in, you're going Oh, look at her mates. They can't even look her. They're actually, <laughs> pretend, they're actually pretending that she's not there anymore. So God love her. Um, that defender from New Zealand. But as I said, Failcom, Bet Me, IP Vanish, it's all in the description. I hope you've liked the fourth edition of Winners and Losers. It will be back next week. It mightn't be us four. It might be four other completely different people. Or it could be two of us or three of us. No, I'll be back. Don't know. I'll be back. Phil will be back. Um, Phil will be back. Um, that he's going to come back every Something week and there. fucking do it. Do all his heads in for an hour or an hour and 15. We've done well though. An hour and 15 wasn't bad. We tried to keep it to an hour. We'll try a Someone said that was one of the LFC women's players as well. <laughs> or it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't, was it? No. Where's um, Chris Brack? Where's Brack? <laughs> yeah, where Brack, you could tell you. He, he disappeared. Um, look, look, he's but disappeared. Jesus, like, he's gone. It, was, it, was, it was unbelievable to watch like the, the goals going in. and Just watch it. The tour when you're kind of going, oh, fucking hell. Like, this is, you need oh, to turn away. It was, it was that bad. But, um, Keith, anything else before we go? No, the Masters football is back if anyone's interested in that. Oh, sort yeah, of that's thing. coming back. Uh, yeah. That used to be great when I was a kid. I used to watch that, the GMX yeah. and all. It'd be all on. Great, great. Um, Brayhead Arena in Scotland, I think, is going to hold the force. When it's a new company that's taken it and are going to run with it. And I'm sure Sky will pick it up because everyone loves watching a bit of Masters football. Um, oh, yeah. That has been winners and losers for this Monday night. Sure, I should be back at 2 o'clock tomorrow with the cop update. We'll definitely be back tomorrow night with the... Um, Midweek fix. Joe Wayman is going to be on. Leeds fan. He should be on with us. I think it's me, Kevin, Chris, along with Joe tomorrow night. And then the rest of the week, we'll sort it out as we go. You know how it works. Thanks for when watching. When is football in the world on? Oh, it's not on yet. We're fucking too busy, Phil. Piss off and I'm... Can I come off football in the world when I get a bleed in five minutes to do it? Jesus Christ. It is, it is a Liverpool player, look. She is a Liverpool player, yeah. yeah. She, was, she is a Liverpool player. Well, she need a lot of ha- arms around her when she comes back because... Well, I was glad to get her out of the way. It was, was walking along that pitch. It was walking along after 40 minutes as well. All from a combination of about seven yards when you add them all up. It was ridiculous. But anyway, that is it. Um, have a good one enjoy the rest of your evening talk to you in a bit over now Sports Social Podcast Network